God. We thank God once again for a wonderful opportunity to be here with all of you here today. Last week we ended the series that we were doing. We were doing series that we entitled Knowing the Lord. And um, we ended last week on part 16 because it was going on and on and on. You know, you can't talk about Jesus Christ in 16 short sermons. So we realized that it would be better for us to put an end to the series but continue to learn about Jesus Christ because uh, we have him for the rest of eternity. So 16 sermons we may have to talk about him. Praise God. And so today we are we ended last week by saying that Jesus Christ was both the foundation and also the cornerstone that holds the believers together or that holds the holy building that God is building. God is building a holy temple for himself. And that temple is not physical temple of a brick and cement. It is the temple of the redeemed. People like us who have made intentional case deliberately believing Jesus Christ as the Savior. We are the one that God is using to build the temple that he wants to live in. And so it is not a physical and literal temple, but it is the temple of our hearts. God lives in our heart now and today that we are here. But the days are coming where God will no longer live in our heart, but we will literally, physically live in his presence as we live in each other's presence right now. Amen. And so today we are going to look at that concept again from different point of view. So if you turn your Bibles with me to First Peter chapter 2, the verse 9 and 10. First Peter chapter 2, from the verses 9 to 10. And it says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Verse 10. Who once were not a people, are now the people of God who have not obtained mercy but now have obtained mercy. Praise God. And so let us begin from the last sentence of the verse 9. It says that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. God called us out of darkness. Some of us may be thinking, you know, we don't see any darkness, so we're not in the darkness. The darkness here is not a literal darkness. Not in the darkness as we understand it. 
as opposed to daylight and sunlight in the world. But this is a spiritual darkness. When you and I look at nature, we see the natural light of the day. And we also see the natural darkness of the night when it's night. But when God looks at us from his position in heaven, he sees darkness in our world. And darkness represents sin and evil that man has brought into the creation that God has created on this side of the universe. And so our world is filled with darkness. And darkness is contrary to the nature of God. It is an abomination to God. This is not how he intended it to be. But God did not create a robot which he would sit in heaven and press Mariam and Joseph and Jacob to do whatever he wanted. He created an independent being that people have the choice and the will to do whatever they choose to do. And so with their own choice, Adam and Eve decided to disobey what God wanted them to do. As a result of that, they sinned. That sin became darkness. And the darkness has dominated the whole world. And so at a certain point in time, in history, well, in the future, going forward, God will wipe away this darkness because darkness and light cannot coexist for the rest of eternity. God has to do away with it. And so, because He did not create the world to be darkness, He created man, humanity, to be His own people, to live with Him, now that's why we try to explain in our series. We are here because God wants to have a fellowship with the being of his own nature. So we are created in the image of God. In the image of God, he created us. And he gave us wisdom and knowledge and understanding as he is so that we could have fellowship with God in the universe that he has created. And since sin came in and darkened the whole system of our world, God decided to pick and choose from the darkness instead of wiping the whole thing out. And so he decided to send Jesus Christ, him as the Savior. And so we all know John praises him. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Jesus Christ was so precious. So he had to give him out. Do you go and die on your behalf? Because we love them. But we can accommodate them with a sin in them. Whoever is willing to obey you, to receive the free gift of cleansing and washing, that person will become of us and so those of us that 
that have delayed in Jesus Christ, we are now born again. Not born again, as we were studying, I mean, saying in our Bible class this morning. Not born again in the religious term that we understand it. Sometimes it's just a phrase. But we are born again spiritually, meaning that today, if we believe and we die, we are going to find ourselves in the presence of God. Because in the human system, a man and a woman have to come together to produce a child. But in the system of God, we are born again, not by the will of man, not by the way that men understand it, but we are born again by the Spirit of God. So we are no longer us. We are no longer those that we used to be in the past. Since we have become Christians, we are a new creatures. The old things have passed away. Everything has become new. We have a new citizenship in heaven with God. And so we belong to the kingdom of God. And so that is what the darkness represents. And those who are in darkness, who are still in darkness, there is no hope for them in the future. And they are not a people. You say, for you were not a people. You did not obtain mercy, but you have now obtained mercy. And so since God sent Jesus Christ to come into the world and pay for the price of our sins, God has now accepted us. And so our verse for today is saying, but you are a chosen generation. God decided to pick and choose those that will be obedient to him. And so we are a chosen generation from the Christ, from the days of um, John the Baptist, Jesus, you say, till now the kingdom of God is suffered violent and violent men take it by force. And what that means is that the kingdom of God is now open before the door was shut and it was open to the Jewish people alone. Only the Jews and the Israelites who claim to have God in their midst. The rest of the world were worshipping idols. But from the days of John the Baptist when he stood on the Jordan and preached the word and opened, now the violence are taking it by force. People are coming from all walks of life and entering into the kingdom of God. And so God has allowed us to become part of it. And what that simply means is that it's a mind-blowing thing that we don't understand. For many of us, our imagination cannot capture it. We are talking about a system that exists. Let me come back to our level a bit. We have had this in the news sometimes ago, and some of it continued to go on. We have this young lady that lived in America and had the privilege of relating to one of the sons of the royal family in this country. She was not from the royal family where she I mean, where she's from. But by virtue, of, I don't know, say lack or love, you know, she found herself at the heart of the British monarchy. 
and the prince loves her. And so they are getting married. And you can't say because she is not part of us, she's not from this nation or she's not part of us, so you know we will hide it. You cannot hide it. They had to do a full-blown royal wedding for people to travel from the whole world to come and witness it. And it was all about the news in the world. Why now she is part of the family? Some people will say she had a background. She did this and did that and did that before. Yes, you can't deny it. But that is the part. Now she is part of the family. This is a little bit of what we are talking about. Ours is more than that. We are coming from a worse place. And we have been accepted into the royal family. Not of the British system. But of the universe, the maker and the creator of the universe. The one who created everything and all things. And he lives in a place that is unapproachable. God is a being of light. And heaven is about color. There are some colors in heaven you cannot describe in human terms because they don't exist here. There is no light in heaven. There is no sun in heaven. God created the sun to give light to earth. Jesus Christ is the being of light that illuminates heaven. So the beauty, the description of heaven is in person. And we are talking about a system that exists. Not a religious myth. We are not dreaming. Heaven is so real than our world is real because our world is temporal but heaven is eternal it has been there and will continue to be there and God is the creator, the maker and he is a great king the owner of all things and he rules in the affairs of the universe everything is under his control and Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior he sustains our universe by the word of his power or by the power of his word. That's how things are hanging in the universe. Space as we know it was created. Now scientists are telling us that they have found another mystery that the universe does not start as a big bang of explosion. They say the universe came together as gentle but where did those things come from? To come gently and form the universe. The mysteries is with us Christians. You see, and so God is a great king who rules in the affairs of the universe. And he has called us to become part of him. And he says, So you are a chosen generation, chosen from the darkness, and you are a royal priesthood. You are a royal priesthood. It means in the presence of God. God wants us to live our lives as we are living here. But there will be times and there are times in heaven where we all get together to minister to each other, to praise God, to worship God. There are theaters in heaven. There are places in heaven where we get together to serve God. And some of us are going to be priests in heaven. 
some of us are going to be queens. You understand that concept? Because in human system, almost everywhere, there has to be a leader, a team leader somewhere. In the family, there has to be someone leading us. We agree together. In the society, in the community, there is a community leader, there is a manager, there is this. So there are places for us to occupy. And so we have become the royal priesthood for God. Literally. It is not just a dream. Something that is going on now that we are talking. It is going on in another part of the universe. Heaven is functioning. Heaven is not closed. It's not locked up until we died before we resurrected. That's a misunderstanding of scripture. Heaven is functioning. Fully functioning. It is going on there. And God continues to pick and choose those that will make it to spend eternity with him there. And he says, so you are a holy nation. We are a holy nation not because of what we have done, but because we have accepted the grace of God to become part of what God is doing. You are a chosen generation to begin with. And you are a royal priesthood. We minister to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we are a holy nation. He said his own special people. God's own God doesn't flatter with words. God doesn't deceive. God doesn't lie. Everything he says here is what he said. It is so true. It is so real. So Christians are the special people that God has chosen for himself. So that while we are still here, is it that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness. He has selected us, chosen us, called us to be part of the things that are going on. We didn't start it. It's been going on for millions of years. It's been going on all eternity. God has existed in eternity. It's been going on forever. And he now wants to include us to become part of that family. This is the reason why we are Christians. And so Christianity can be taken for something that is not. It is not a community of people or believers coming together to express love to each other. It is far greater than that. And he wants us to understand it. He wants us to get the bigger picture. He wants us to know what is going on. That is why Paul says the suffering that we are going through in this world is not worthy. It's not worth the reward that we will receive. For the days are coming where we will walk with the creator, the maker. You see, I told you sometimes ago, I've said it several times in different places. I pray to God, I mean to the Lord, that I wanted to see the face of the Father. And he allowed me to see it in a dream. God is so real that the days are coming, we will walk with him and live with him. But for now, 
what he wants us to understand is that none of us, no Christian, is a spectator. You don't pay to go to the church and sit down and watch what is going on. But you are not a stranger in the house of God. We are the children. God is our Father. We are the people of God. And He has chosen us. And we are going to reign with Him for the rest of eternity. And so He wants every one of us, first of all, to understand the bigger picture. And when we understand the bigger picture and we know what it is, then we can also carry it on and walk and live with it. That is all. That is all. None of us should be a spectator in your father's house. You are being lazy. If you are not doing anything, you are being stubborn. That is not what he expects you and I to be. Praise God. Turn your Bible with me, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 4, the verse 7. Ephesians chapter 4, the verse 7. I will read. Yeah, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. To each one of us, to each one, everyone, grace was given. The gift of God is given. You might not be a preacher, you might not be a prophet, you might not be an evangelist, you might not be a teacher or a pastor. But grace is given that you can do something in your father's house. You are not a stranger, you are not a spectator. And the verse is it, therefore he said, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to man. I'm not going to touch on this today because this is one of the most controversial passages in the Bible, what it means by he ascended on high. That Jesus Christ has given us a gift after he came to the world and went to heaven. He has given us a gift that you are my people and now I am living the world for you to occupy. This is your gift. Every one of us has a gift. And so let's come down, jump to verse 11. And And he himself gave some to be apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, and some pastors, and some teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, a perfect man, to the measure of the the stature of the fullness of God, verse 14, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. He called some of us after he died and he rose again, he left he left captivity there. No, take it for now if you don't understand what captivity means. Uh, move on. And so he gave us a gift. And first of all, he gave a group of gifts to certain people. He gave the prophets, sorry, the apostles, then the prophets, then the evangelists, then the pastors, and the teachers. These ones are the first group 
of gifts that he gave to the people. And he said he wanted these people to equip the rest of the saints so that they will grow into maturity. The purpose of leadership is for us to use our gifts on each other so that they will grow to maturity, so that they will come or we will come into the unity of the faith. The unity of the faith can mean that we will all come together and say that we will all be agreeing with each other. But the unity of the faith also means that faith is broad. And we need to understand it from different parts and different angles. And so the unity of the faith is to understand the core doctrines of the word of God. The doctrines of God, the doctrines of man, and the doctrines of the devil, the Satan. That is, the doctrines of heaven, the doctrines of the earth, and the doctrines of hell. We need to understand. When you understand these three things, you have a broader understanding, an overview of what the whole thing is. And so he put these leaders to equip us. Equipping means to help us to be mature. To help us to understand the things of God. To help us to know what we are called to be. To help us to understand what it means that we are a chosen generation. To help us to know what God is doing in our life. To help us to know how we can serve each other. To help us to know so that we don't remain like children. He said verse 14 that we are no longer children. Being tossed to the left, being tossed to the right. Whatever we hear, whatever you see, every little wind of situation that blows us, that we are children, we are not firmly planted. Jesus, our firm foundation. As somebody was saying, Jesus is our firm foundation. And we need the knowledge to understand that. We need the grace to be able to grasp that. We need to know what it means to be a Christian so that our faith will be firm in Him. Christianity is more than just coming to the church. Christianity is more than just confessing to be a Christian. Christianity is more than just a religion. We are a chosen generation. His own people, his own special people, the royal priesthood. Some people are going to be lords. Some people are going to be kings and queens. And some are going to be priests. Some are going to be managers. Some are going to be directors in the kingdom of God to come. And so he is preparing us. Praise God. And that is the work of every believer. He said, for God has given us gifts. To each one, a certain gift has been given unto. So you are not a stranger wherever you find yourself among the people of God. You are not a stranger wherever you find yourself in this world. Use your gift and work. Whether at your workplace, in the marketplace, in the church, at home, you are a child of God. You have been saved. You are being prepared for the day that will come. You are being prepared for the day that you will be introduced to the angels. You are being prepared for the day that you will appear before the Father. The Father himself is waiting to see you all eternity. He can't wait to see you, but not until our work is finished. So we are not meant to come and continue to be children to and fro. We are not meant to come and continue to be like a second class citizen. We are not meant to come and continue to be like the most honorable people in society. We are the children of the maker of all things. We are the royal 
priesthood we are chosen and we are going to assume we are going to have the image of God we will be like Jesus Christ the way he is in every aspect angels have their different glory but they are not like the glories of God Jesus is different than the where the angels are but we are going to be exactly like Jesus Christ our nature will not be like that of an angel i'm not saying anything negative against the angel but i'm trying to say that we have become we are born again just as we were not there before and we were born by our parents to become who we are today today we are born by the spirit of god and so we will become like jesus christ when he is revealed this is what christianity is all about it's about the reality of the world that we live in it's about understanding nature it's about understanding the universe understanding who we are and what we do it is about being a being matured in god we don't remain babies because if you don't grow you will be frustrated you will be discouraged because it's a battle we go through challenges we go through difficulties we go through hardship but they are all meant to shape us they are meant to mature us they are meant to move us forward god will not forsake those who put their trust in him the presence of hardship and difficulties is not equal to the absence of god god does not leave us when we are struggling he doesn't leave us when we are going through hardship or confusion or misunderstanding in the family financial difficulties physical problems whatever that we go through god is still with us so he wants us to mature so we can understand the whole points it is not about being a bunch of religious people performing routine activities every day in the church don't get it wrong god wants you to come out of a childhood in a spiritual way so that you don't remain a child being told to and through blown away by every wind of doctrine we are the people God is in control and he has made us exactly who he is and he wants us to understand that and so he has given us the apostles the prophets the teachers the evangelists and the pastors to help equip us that when we are equipped so that we will also carry out the work of the ministry they want to equip us so that we will come to the measure of the faith the measure of the knowledge of the son of god so you will understand what jesus christ has done we will understand who jesus is we will understand what god has done and what god is doing we will understand where we are going where we are coming from don't remain a baby you are not fulfilling your destiny Don't remain idle in your Christian walk with God. You are not fulfilling your destiny. You don't have to stand in the presence of people in order to fulfill your destiny. Whatever your gift may be, use it for the kingdom of God, for the glory of God. 
some people will get into the kingdom of God because they believe in God and they lead a righteous life. But they will enter into heaven with empty hands. They will make it to heaven, but they will start from the scratch because they did not use their giftings to do anything that will build their place in heaven. The Bible said it over and over and over again that He will pay us according to our own work. So if we continue to remain Christian for all this year and be idle and lazy in the house of God, in the church of God, and yet be holy and righteous, yet that will get us into heaven. But for many of us, we will go into empty places. That is not a good So let us not be children. We are saved to be saved. That is the will of God for us. There's a lot to be done in the world. God wants to use us wherever we are to bring His glory. But over and over again, increasingly, we see ourselves dwindling, you know, withdrawing, not being able to present ourselves boldly for God to use us. That is this happening. Angels are willing to come by force to do that it is not for them to do. It is for you and I to do. We thank God for all that. May the Lord help us as He equips us to understand and come to that level of maturity. Amen. Father, we give you the glory once again for today. We pray that you will help us to see things the way you see them. And give us the eyes and understanding, the wisdom, so that we can be the people that you want us to be. You don't want us to remain children that are being tossed to and fro. But we will come to the point and place where we will be able to be used by your own spirit. We thank you for all that you have done in your precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.